Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Thank you, Dawn, for the songs. I almost detect that one song that some of us were almost moving. Yes, somebody was moving, getting excited, thrilled about the Lord. That's good. That's good. Absolutely. Okay. We have a tendency to be too staid at times. There is a time to be sober and somber, and there is a time to rejoice. Amen. And when we rejoice, we need to do that. So, all right, let's turn to Luke 5. See, now, I commend those of you who are with us last week when we worked our way through the lesson and had several scriptures, and you were very patient and Lord willing, I hope you learned about that tree into which you're grafted into. And today, we don't have to turn anywhere, do we? This Luke chapter 5. A few weeks back, after we returned from the men's retreat, Don shared a couple of thoughts when he made announcements. And uh, we were uh, so moved, I guess, by the the one lesson up there and the presentation that uh, we wanted to uh, make that a part of us, all right? And uh, we have developed an invitation, and if you've been to the website or on the Facebook, you've seen it already. That invitation there is new, and I encourage you to go and read that invitation because I, that invitation is us. We want it to be us, okay? And it in my mind, it is a good way, a good invitation to reach the people that are out there today. There were three things, uh, three main thoughts in that one lesson up there. Um, the one we're going to talk about today, everybody is welcome. Rick mentioned the other one in his prayer, nobody's perfect. And the last one is anything is possible. But I encourage you to go and read that invitation and understand what we're talking about here as we reach out with the word. And thanks to Rick, our deacon in charge of all things media and electronics, that he put that invitation on the website for us and on the Facebook page. So, so let's go to Luke 5, and we're going to talk about the concept, the idea that everyone is welcome. And I think in, in years past and in days past, and even with some people probably still today, we have a tendency not to reach out to certain groups of people. People with certain backgrounds, people caught up in certain sins, people who've done certain things in their life, and we think we don't want them around us. But the Bible does not teach that. The Holy Spirit does not teach that. And Jesus did not live that. And so it's a, it's a barrier. If we have that in our own heart and mind, we've got to get rid of it. We've got to understand that everybody is welcome. 
So we're going to use this as an illustration here. You've probably heard this before. Uh, Matthew records it in the chapter 9. Mark has, has it in chapter 2. The call of Levi or Matthew, same fellow, different Two different names. You know that many of the folks in Bible times had different names. Peter had three names. And Matthew became one of the twelve. Let's read verse 27. After that he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth and he said to him, follow me. It's difficult for us to imagine how despised tax collectors or publicans were, and you might have publican in your translation, despised by the Jews. These were uh, Jewish folks, Jewish men, who were collaborating with the Romans, the hated Romans who were the occupying force to collect taxes for Rome. And many of the tax collectors uh, had become corrupt because they were collaborating with Rome, and they saw an opportunity to make money for themselves. So they would collect more money than Rome required, and then they would pocket the difference. Of course, Rome didn't care. If Rome got its money, that's all Rome cared about. But even just the idea that they were collecting taxes for Rome was something that, you know, their Jewish brethren would look down on them and despise them. You know, you're, you're a collaborator. We don't like you. We hate you. Um, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to think of someone in our day and age that we might think of despised that much. An IRS agent maybe, but of course they're, most of them are honest, do their job. A county assessor that comes around and assesses your property. They, they tend to do an honest work. But then I thought of, in our history, during the days of the Revolution, perhaps those who were still on the side of the crown, the king, the colonists who still favored England, I think they might tend to fall in this category of being despised by the revolutionists and those who are wanting their independence. And if you've read and studied any of that, you might know what I'm talking about. But anyway, Levi was a tax collector. And he's at his workstation, isn't he? That's where he is. He's sitting in the tax booth. So Jesus is not making a mistake here about who this guy is or what he's doing. It's not a mistake. He knows exactly who he is and what he's doing. And uh, so, uh, in fact, he doesn't care what Levi's doing, does he? Doesn't care. Because he, can, he knows that he can set Levi on the right track. He sees in Levi something good. A person who could do what's right, a person who could change, a person who could grow. 
And so he offers the gracious, follow me. Follow me. Um, and all these follow me's, uh, I've said this before, I think the word about Jesus had been out. Uh, Jesus had been around. He, he never stayed in one place too often. He traveled around. So I don't think Jesus was a strange person to Levi, okay? I don't think this was an out of the blue. Levi said, who are you? I think he would have heard about Jesus and understood who he was. But Jesus still calls him. And with Jesus, it's the person that matters. Not what they were doing, not what they've done, not what they've been involved in, not how many times they might have done it. He says, I want you to follow me. Everyone is welcome. So I asked Don to sing that last song there with the words, and I can't believe that he selected me. Did you catch that? I love that. can't believe it. And he called me. Called me. We ought to all be humbled by that. That Jesus would call you to follow him. Verse 28. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. We're not told of shall we say, Levi's initial reaction, you know, when Jesus looked at him, walked up there to the tax booth and says, follow me, you know, is he surprised? Did he get confused? Did he go thinking, who, me? Are you talking to me, you know, as we say? Uh, do you know what I am? you know what I'm doing here? You know, I'm sure some of those kinds of thoughts would have gone through his mind, uh, knowing especially the way uh, the other Jews treated him, okay? And probably the, the Pharisees and Sadducees and all those, you know, they, you know, whenever they had to pay their tax, boy, he probably heard a few choice words from them. Yeah. But not from Jesus. Levi's response here is, uh, I think, difficult to believe. And we, we just have to reflect on it. But it's a response that we all need to make when it comes to Jesus. And that's a clean break. A clean break. He says, I'm done with this. Right? And as far as we can tell, and I don't know if he was there by himself or he had somebody working with him, he left the money, right? <laughs> he just, what's in that, what it says? He left everything behind. All his taxes he had collected. There they are. I'm done with it. Done. I'm not even going to see that Rome gets it. I'm done with it. The thought came to mind of cut your losses. 
this was his choice. And we think about it, now how long he had been a tax collector. We don't know, several years. He was kind of invested in that. This was who he was at the time. He's probably, well, as we're going to see later, he makes a reception. He had made some money from this. But he says, I'm done with it. He says, there's something better. And this Jesus is wanting me to follow him. I've heard some of what he's doing. He says, I'm done with this stuff. Sometimes, you know, we get so invested in things in the world, whether it's a career uh, a position, you know, we get to having a, a reputation for being this kind of person or that kind of person or whatever it might be. And when Jesus says, follow me, or we hear the word of the gospel, we see him hanging from the cross and he says, you know, I love you and you need to, you need to come and follow me. We just have so much invested in who we are right now that we just can't let it go. We can't let it go. And that's so sad. Because Jesus is the only one who can give us what we really need. Life, purpose, honor, and so many other things. But it's a decision that Levi makes. It's a mental choice. And I scratched here and, you know, I review my lesson after I type it up scratch notes all over it, I scratched in the margin here, repentance. And that's really what this is. I'm done with this. I'm going to follow him. I'm just going to leave it all behind. I'm done with it. And it says he began to follow him. He got up. He got up and he began to follow him. There always must be a beginning, a first step. Some people just waiting for God to come along and whoosh you off your feet, you know. It's, whoa, it's, wow. There has to be a first step. You have got to make a decision and make that step to walk away. It's the way it is. It has to be. Might be a small step. Might be a baby step. It's got to be the first step in the right direction. And that's when we say, then, Lord, help me, right? Lord, help me now to keep on that path. Okay, let's look at 29 and 30. Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. I think some translations say feast there, maybe. Okay, so it shows he was wealthy. Uh, it shows he was excited about following Jesus, okay? He's going to celebrate this. I, he picked me to follow him. And so he throws this reception, this feast, and there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people reclining at the table with him. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? We want to note here that Levi's heart was in the right place already. 
who did he invite to this reception? Well, he had some fellow tax collectors. He had sinners here. Uh, some people have uh, labeled that group as just uh, like street walkers and prostitutes, and they might have been well included in that. But they were generally just people who were known they just did, did not follow the law of Moses. They didn't care to. I guess they had had enough of the Pharisees and Sadducees and their uh, hypocrisy that they weren't even bothering to follow the law. Okay, they were just, they were known sinners, and it was known openly. But then also, we have Pharisees and scribes here too, don't we? How about that? I'd al I always missed that when I first read that. Levi's got the open door here. Come on in. We're going to have a feast here, and we're going to celebrate that I got called by Jesus. So everyone is there. And then, of course, we got the grumblers, who are the Pharisees and scribes, rubbing elbows with more of these tax collectors and known sinners, you know, the Pharisees, their word, the idea is they're the separated ones. They stayed clear of all those who were known sinners so they could stay close to God, you know. That was their deal. Doesn't help you save too many people doing that, does it? Anyway, I wonder who it was in this rabble. And if we did this today, if Levi was around today, who would be in this rabble of oh, these sinners? You know, uh, there probably were some prostitutes there, known ladies of the evening, as we say, the euphemism, drunkards, drug addicts, porn addicts, those who were divorced, maybe more than once, those suffering from PTS, homeless, those disillusioned with life who knew there was, had to be more, just wandering around, trying this, trying that, going here, going there. Maybe you know something like that. Those who've done time, those who are suffering a broken relationships of all types, they just never seem to find somebody that really cares about them probably started in their own family and can't find the right mate, the good friend. The chronically ill just suffered all the time with disease. Those who are just worn down by life, nothing is working, I've tried it all and I'm ready to end it all and a hundred other types of people. Everyone is welcome. Everyone. Yes, uh, there's baggage there. It creates problems. They have to be worked out at times. But this is what love does. This is what love does people come to Christ. But everyone is welcome. 
verse 31. So the question was raised. Why, why are you eating and drinking with all these sinners and tax collectors and other rabble? You know, what, what, what's this about you, your disciples? Why are you doing this? If you're supposed to be men of God, you're a rabbi. What are you doing with these people? Well, Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Wow. We understand that, I think. You know, the sick or those who are sick spiritually, that's what he's talking about, as I put it in here, in quote, the devil's virus. The devil's virus. They, they got sin. And it comes in a thousand different ways. Overcome with lies and lust and lethargy and greed and selfishness and delusions and self-righteousness and just and dozens of other things. And then there are many who are sick and they don't know it. They need to know about their condition. They need to be diagnosed and they need to hear, this is wrong what you're doing. You need to change. Others know something is terribly wrong. And they just maybe don't know how to fix it. And that's where the church comes in. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He can make you well. He can free you from your situation. So everyone is welcome. But we have to understand this. This is a call to be healed. This is a call, as he says, to repentance. Jesus isn't willing just to let you stay in your sinful, evil, disgusting position. He thinks more of you than that. You weren't created for that. He wants to give you a future. He wants to give you forgiveness for anything and everything you've ever done. You can be freed from the guilt of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he's all about. He wants to offer his love for you. But he will care for you. He will take care of you. He will never leave you. Like maybe so many others have in your past. He'll never leave you. He's going to accept you as one of his own. He's going to make you one of his children. He's going to give you a reason to live in a place, in a family, and give you a purpose to live as for something that is greater than yourself. Something that began in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. To bring glory to God. To bring glory to Christ. And to bring others to Christ. 
and help others to get on this path to life eternal. That's, that's what life is about. You can get caught up in that. You get a name of honor to wear. It's called Christian. Have a purpose in life, truth, as opposed to the lies of the world. You can have peace. All that turmoil in your heart can be removed. Be part of a family. But here's the thing. All are welcome. But you can't be made well unless you let Jesus heal you. You've got to let him do it. So Jesus says, follow me. Repentance. Repentance means that you turn away from doing wrong. You turn away from the world, and you turn to God, and you choose to do what's right, according to the word of God. It's a choice to live for Christ. So Jesus says, follow me. Everyone is welcome. All the tax collectors and sinners. But again, it's a call to repentance, to become one of his children, one of his disciples, to walk with him and to lead others to him, all the while looking forward to life eternal. Are you a follower of Christ? How closely are you following him? Have you left everything? Or are you still holding on to some things in the world? Still have that little place in your heart that you have something that's more important to you than Christ Jesus. You, you can't do that. You have to get rid of it. He has to be your all in all. King of kings, Lord of lords in your heart and in your life. We're here to assist you in your spiritual journey. If you're ready to obey the gospel and become one of Jesus' followers, he says, follow me. It's a call to repentance. It's a call to life. If you are a Christian, you've been struggling. Maybe it's because you haven't left everything behind like Levi did. Maybe it's time to do that this morning. However we can assist you, please come while we stand and sing. Or talk to...